Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Well, folks, welcome to the free Savage Nation podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But for those of you who have been requesting that we provide for you an ad-free podcast, we're going to keep doing that. And in addition to getting the ad-free podcast, which many of you want, for less than the price of a beer in a bar a month, only $3.99 a month, you're going to get an occasional monologue from me. Maybe I'll read from one of my novels. You're going to get an archive piece going back to 1994. Whatever comes up, you're going to get on an occasional basis. Details will be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com. I'm going to give you a link right now. And if you want to join, all you got to do is go to glow.fm slash savage premium. Glow.fm slash savage premium. Glow.fm slash savage premium. If you click on it. You're going to see a cartoon of me join Savage's exclusive club with the rate and you just click and you join. You're going to love it. I appreciate it very much. I hope you join the Savage exclusive club. I want to thank you very much for supporting the Savage Nation podcast, either the free version or the paid version, your patronage. It's appreciated. It's that simple. Hey, welcome to the Savage Nation podcast. Today's topic is invasion and conquest. Sound familiar to you? The immigration waves sweeping over America? Well, unfortunately, this is nothing new. There's been conquest all throughout history. The difference is, today we are permitting it without fighting back. In the past, people resisted conquest. Now our corrupt, degenerate, sellout leaders are actually inviting the invasion and conquest of America. It's a reverse of every form of conquest 
in human history. I mean, you can read about invasion going back to primitive times. Usually it was a military offensive with combatants aggressively entering territory owned by another entity. Today we lay down for it. They don't need to be vaccinated. You can bring them in with a disease. And we're supposed to look the other way and say, thank you very much, Joe lying Biden. What are the Republicans doing? They're behind it as well. They want the cheap labor. It's sickening. So we're being invaded. We're being conquered. We're being converted. We're losing our borders, language and culture. And we're supposed to lay here and say, thank you very much, Joe Biden and rhinos. But, you know, this is not the first time in history. I could talk about Britain, considered today the racist, colonialist Britain. But do you know that Britain itself was invaded many times? Oh, it fought back. The Brits fought against the Vikings, the Romans, the Normans. Every one of the invaders left traces. The Romans left baths and roads. The Normans left the French language in Britain. Well, look at Sicily, conquered numerous times, which is why Sicily is such a polyglot nation in many ways, and why people range from tall, blonde, Nordic in Sicily to short and dark because of the invasion by the Vikings and others. But they fought back. We're not fighting back. Most of you have just rolled over. What can I say other than listen to Invasion and Conquest on today's Savage Nation podcast? And tell your friends about it, too. Maybe you can wake up some of these losers. Dumb Nancy and Dumb Chuck are, of course, trying to destroy America with the invasion. And today's show is loosely defined by the following phrases or the following phrase, invasion and conquest. Invasion and conquest. I'll repeat it four times. Invasion and conquest. Not only we're being invaded from without, but we're being conquered from within by the far left. Now, many of you are confused by this situation because in your heart, you're a good person. And that's okay if you're a good person. Everyone else is bad, but you're actually good. Many of you think that, well, but we're a nation of immigrants, Michael. Well, we're a nation of immigrants. Well, not so fast. For example, if you look at the statement on the Statue of Liberty, you know the one, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the homeless, tempest lost, tempest tossed, to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Those are beautiful words on the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Well, we all think, wow, well, that's America. We've always accepted the poor, the masses, the wretched refuse. Notice they even used the words, the wretched refuse of the world. So if we call those people coming from south of the border as wretched refuse, we're called every name under the sun. And yet those words are emblazoned on the Statue of Liberty. But that's not the point of my discussion today. My point is that there's a little problem with the statement on the Statue of Liberty. And that is this. This poem by Emma Lazarus, which is forever emblazoned on the Statue of Liberty, was written before there was a welfare state. Before there was a welfare state. So the tired and the poor and the huddled masses who came here at that time were not coming here to sit on their fat behinds and smoke a joint or drink a beer or whatever they do while collecting a welfare check. No, the huddled masses came here to work themselves to death in factories and mines and in steel mills 
That's why many of them live 16 people to a room in immigrant communities. There was nothing waiting for them. Now, although the words were noble, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free, largely it was pure propaganda. The European immigrants at that time were brought over to break their backs in America, working for the owners of factories, the owners of mines, production lines, and steel mills. That's what they came here for, and they were glad to get here. And they did so. Did they love the hard work? Did they love breaking their backs? No, they didn't. They hated it. They didn't love the work, but they knew it put meat on the table. It's that simple. The immigrants did it because they had to do it. And they did it with one thought, that their child or children would do better than they did. Now, there is the rub of the whole discussion, that their children or their child would do better than they did. That was the American way. The immigrant came here hoping that their children and their children's children would do better than they did. They did not expect to be pushed to the front of the line and pushed a native born out of the way. Nobody was waiting for them from Harvard or NYU or Berkeley or Columbia or a twisted sick lawyer from the ACLU with a gold-plated immigration program where they pushed poor Americans into the gutter so the illegal immigrant could go ahead of them. That was not the system at the time the Statue of Liberty was uh, put up there. We all love a merit-based immigration system, which Donald Trump called for, except those corrupt so-called liberal politicians who live off their votes and their labor in one way or another. We all love a merit-based immigration system, except those corrupt so-called liberal politicians who are really plantation owners and are now lords and masters over the new plantation called the sanctuary cities. If you actually analyze what I just said, you realize how true it is. Sanctuary cities are nothing but gigantic plantations, and the liberal politicians are the new plantation masters. And instead of a whip, they may be a whip in Congress. That's not bad. So we are talking about the issue of the wall, invasion, conquest, things of that nature. Now let me tie some news stories into this for you. Fertility rate for white women, for, for, sorry, fertility rate for white women plummets below the limit needed to maintain the population in every single U.S. state. Did you hear that one? Fertility rates for white women were down in every U.S. state in 2017, below the rate needed for the population to replace itself, a new report from the Centers for Democrat Control and Prevention reveals. However, among black and Hispanic women, fertility rates were up in 12 and 29 states, respectively. That's very interesting. Now, why do you think that native-born white women are having no or fewer children than before? Well... Let's talk about girls just want to have fun. Let's just talk about rampant pornography. Let's just talk about the loss of family, the loss of church, the loss of civility. Let's just talk about the fact that that's how a society dies in front of your eyes. Now, tied in with that and tied into my bigger theme of invasion and conquest is another story you're not going to believe. It's, it's hard for me to actually believe anyone could do this, but here it comes. There's a group called the American Psychological Association. When you say that, you automatically think of crazy people. A bunch of sickos who run it, right? Well, they just got sicker. They have released a study 
from the American Psychological Association concerning men and boys saying that traditional masculinity is harmful and it could lead to homophobia and sexual harassment. What? I'm not making this story up. I can't make this up. Listen to what the sickos, the perverts at the APA are saying. Listen carefully. I'm not going to mince any words on this. These are the sickest, most perverted people in the history of the world, in the medical world, that is, writing stuff like this. Quote, I'm reading, I'm quoting it right now from the so-called PhDs and MDs who run the American Psychological Association. In my mind, they're all psychological deviants and perverts. The main thrust of the subsequent research they write is that traditional masculinity marked by, listen, stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression is on the whole harmful, reads the news release by the Sicko Association. It notes that research shows the following, quote, traditional masculinity is psychologically harmful and that socializing boys to suppress their emotions causes damage that echoes both inwardly and outwardly, unquote. The document by the sick people at the A Association goes on to coin masculine ideology, which, which stems from traditional masculinity. And then they say that masculinity harms boys and men. I'm quoting now, quote, traditional masculinity ideology has been shown to limit male psychological development, constrain their behavior, result in gender role strain and gender role conflict, and negatively influence mental health and physical health, unquote. The report warns. The masculine ideology, as defined by these psychological dwarfs of the American Psychological Association, is defined as a particular constellation of standards that have held sway over large segments of the population, including anti-femininity, achievement, I said that word, I swear to God, issuel of the appearance of weakness and adventure, risk and violence. The research by these psychological dwarfs, research goes on to suggest that masculine boys may put their energy toward disruptive behaviors such as homophobia, bullying, and sexual harassment rather than striving for academic excellence. So if you have a boy who was taught not to cry like a sissy, to try to achieve something to make you proud of him, to not show his weakness because others will take advantage of him, to not act like a girl because he's a boy, not a girl, to be adventurous, to take risks and engage in fights when necessary. According to these psychopaths, you have damaged your son. Now you understand what I mean by the enemy within. What they're lining this country up for is something that only a novelist could flesh out. These sick, perverted demons in the American Psychological Association are getting ready to evaluate all the boys of America for this disease called masculinity and then to drug them into submission and to destroy them. So we have a declining white uh, fertility rate amongst white women. We have an attack upon masculinity, meaning, uh, meaning upon boys. And we have an invasion from the third world. That is what's called the perfect storm. Did you miss the fact that white girls are not having babies anymore? The replacement level is not happening. So Amy Sim heard that on my show, and she tweeted the following to me.
She said the legal population of women are not having many children because we cannot afford to have them. She says, I paid probably $3,000 out of pocket to have my first baby with insurance while illegals around me in the L&D unit got everything for free. I like to be in America, everything free in America. Then you make it anchor baby, and then you bring in the grandparents. And then you replace the native population. Next thing you know, the third world hellhole that you ran from is the world that you created here. And then Nancy Pelosi gets to stay in office till she's 120. And the liberals run it not like a local plantation in San Francisco, but like a national plantation. And that's the end of the story. What more do I have to say to you? Oh, a lot more. So Nancy Pelosi, I mean Pelosi, has a solution for the border security problem. She says repair the border roads so it's easier for immigrants to enter the U.S. What? You got to listen to this. She has the mental acuity of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Listen to this in clip one. We are proposing is to build the infrastructure of the ports of entry, strengthen that, the ports of entry. Spend the money, hundreds of millions of dollars, but money, accessible money. <laughs> uh, to have the scanning technology to yeah, scan yeah. cars. Who owns that, through. Nancy? Which relative so owns a scanner? Contraband of, of, of any kind. Uh, weapons. Contraband? Repair the roads to facilitate immigration and trade in those regions. It's a what? positive. Uh, Wait, stop. Uh, so Did you hear what this lunatic just said? Repair the roads that facilitate immigration and trade, and that will stop the border problem of them flowing in here, sucking our nation dry. But really, the key words here was spend the money. You don't understand any of this. Most of you think that these liberal Democrats are in it for the humanitarianism. Do you understand that they're scamming money out of it? That every god darn contract that's given goes into their pockets directly and directly to a relative and comes back up to them like vigorish don't you understand how the system works haven't you watched enough gangster movies to know how the how the american political system operates and maybe has operated since the founding fathers money has always been kicked up to those running the country idiot they may write noble words they may speak noble words and some of them in fact may be noble but most of them are just criminals at least that's my opinion michael savage a host like no other Now there's another one. When she's asked about illegal aliens who kill in America, and there's been hundreds and hundreds of cases like Kate Steinle, like Officer Singh, listen to what she says here, again showing the mental acuity of Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, in a coma. Listen to O2. Clearly, there's a, a, a disparity of shared values here. In terms of respecting the dignity and worth of everyone, being concerned about every death that happens uh, because of uh, uh, because we live in an imperfect world, and that's very sad. But it is not a justification for having more children die in custody or be separated from their families, taking babies out of the arms of their parents. As the mother of five and grandmother of nine, I find that appalling. She is actually digging her grandchildren's grave with her policies. She's making the nation unlivable for them. And I think she even knows it. 
And I think these people are so greedy and power mad. I think they'd sell their grandmother out for a dollar. That's how power mad and insane they are. They'd sell their grandmother out for a buck. Is she crazy? This big lie about taking babies out of the hands of their mothers. That's one of the big fabrications of the left. These third world destitute illiterates with no skills whatsoever are being brought in by buses because their own country doesn't want to take care of them. Their own country laughs at us for being so stupid. They have no skills whatsoever. And the welfare state that we have is so stupid that we give benefits to non-citizens above those of citizens. And these people who are pouring in here are coming here because we're so bad, right, Nancy? We're so evil. This evil white gringo nation is so bad, that's why they risk life and limb to get here, right, Nancy? And their children have it so good in the hell holes that they're running from, don't they, Nancy? Prenatal care, medication, not. They have nothing. So they're bringing sick babies to the border, dumping them on the poor border patrol, putting these sick babies in the hands of border patrol who do everything they possibly can to keep these children alive. And then when one of them dies because they are brought in here half dead, these left wing demagogue bastards have the nerve to blame it on our border patrol and us and call us a racist nation. You know what gets me up every morning and has me work like a slave here doing two, three, four shows a day is this. It's this. People say to me, why do you still do this show? You have proven everything that you have to prove beyond any reasonable doubt. You've had numerous best-selling books. You've had a great radio show that was at the top of the charts for years. Why do you go on? Why do you get up and do this? Why don't you just disappear, sign off the airwaves, don't do any podcasts? Who are you, who are you doing this for? What are you trying to prove? It's this, my friends. I'm the son of an immigrant, and I was once a Boy Scout. And I have a duty and an obligation to this nation. And this duty and obligation to this nation dies with me, not before me. Does that work? That's really succinct. This duty and obligation to this nation that gave my family the opportunity that they had dreamed of for centuries dies with me, not before me. I don't think I've ever said it that clearly, but I actually believe every word I just said. There is no other reason for me to do this program. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it for the acclaim. I'm doing it for the United States of America. I, amongst the few, are still fighting this battle. And if you can't see the reality of what they are doing to this country, the new plantation owners, Pelosi is clearly a new plantation owner as are those like Schumer. After all, if you look at their genetics, let's get very clear. You want to get real real clear like chalk on a blackboard? How is it that people of Caucasian descent can care so much about people who don't even look or sound like them and don't speak their language? Do you think that they have some kind of innate love for humanity, these power-mad senators and such? Congress people, do you think that they go in it because they're so humanitarian or because they're psychologically damaged and are driven solely by greed and power, for, for power and by greed? And so they get in power and they look like plantation owners, not at all like the slaves that work on their plantation, and they make believe that the slaves like them. If you think the slaves like them, you're mistaken. 
this army, these armies of slaves that they're bringing in. I'm sorry to make it so graphic to you, but let's get down and dirty with this subject. When they burn the plantation down, they'll burn them down with it. You know, there was a movie done many, many years ago with Marlon Brando called Burn. It was a very powerful movie. I never forgot it. He played a plantation owner in the South. And it was about a revolution amongst the slaves. I think it took place in Haiti, actually. It was written about Haiti. And eventually the slaves kill everyone in the slave house and burn the plantation down. And in doing so, they burn themselves down. That's how it works. See, nobody wins in a revolution. Rarely does anyone come out unscathed in a revolution. And when you have Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer feeding the flames of race warfare in this country, feeding the flames of division, not giving a damn what the American people are saying, we're crying out, we're screaming out, we're begging. We're begging the Democrats to stop it, to stop sucking billions of dollars out of this immigration racket. Billions of dollars. If you had any idea how much money goes up into the hands of the politicians and their relatives, your hair would stand up. Are you people that naive to not know that this is all about money? Do you have any idea what kind of billions are being sucked out of the immigration racket? I guess you haven't watched enough gangster movies. But I have until I finally understood what we're actually living in. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. But I want to go back to Trump's war, his battle for America. My number one New York Times bestselling book, which was published in 2017, shortly after the president was inaugurated. On page 72, I know many in the business of radio think that they uh, understand this issue. But I wrote a chapter called Build the Wall. And let me read you a piece of it. Trump drew millions of new supporters to massive rallies during his presidential campaign. Why? Because they recognized in him someone who would finally fight for the American people on trade, religious freedom, infrastructure, and jobs. But they didn't chant, build that bridge, or cut those taxes at his rallies, did they? No, they recognized the first and most important reason they were voting for Trump, and that was, and they chanted, build that wall. It's no accident that the one thing the people want most, that is most in their interest, is the Trump policy facing the most resistance from the establishment. Now, remember when I wrote this, not yesterday, like the Johnny-come-latelys in the media. Okay? Since the day Trump announced his candidacy, Democrats and most Republicans have opposed the wall and the will of the people. The elites know regaining control of the borders is the first step to ending their corrupt regime. As I said in the opening chapter of Trump's war, one of the things Trump must fight is the temptation to backpedal, to go along, to get along. You see, immediately after the election, he was starting to say it might be a fence in places while the rhinos quickly jumped in saying, it's not realistic. Trump was already feeling the pressure, and his first instinct was to compromise. That's the businessman in him doing what he's done all his life to get things done in the business world. Look, I have no confirmation of this, but I believe the Trump team heard me say on my radio show, The Savage Nation, what tens of millions of Trump voters were thinking when they heard this. No, this is non-negotiable. The wall must be built, and it must be a wall, not a fence, not electronic security, not some strongly worded signs. We elected Trump for one reason, to build a wall. By the time of his first trade victory, 
the carrier deal, that's the carrier air conditioning company, Trump was already recommitting himself. He said, trust me, we're going to build a wall. He told carrier employees, like a boxer recovering after being momentarily shaken by a hard blow from his opponent, the blow was the all-out assault by the media, the Democrats, the rhinos, and every other corrupt interest bent on denuding Trump's agenda. If they couldn't stop him from being elected, they would stop his policies. Perhaps he was a little surprised he won and was unprepared for so quick and vicious an attack. He wavered. But then he steadied himself. I think we're going to see his resolve tested like this over and over again. No more so then on the crucial issue of building the wall and stopping the flood of immigrants. Now, that's all from Trump's war for our borders in Trump's war. As I say, published shortly after the president was inaugurated. Just understand there's only one person in the media who's been on this issue of borders, language and culture since 1994. That's me, the boss, Michael Savage. All the others are copycats and fakers. I'm glad they joined the team, but they're not running the show and they're not taking the ball down the road. They're just mouthing the words and they don't give a damn about the reality of the situation as I have. I've sacrificed blood, sweat, and tears for this issue of borders, language, and culture. I've been thrown off stations. My career has been impeded. I've lost advertisers. Why? Because I pushed the message of borders, language, and culture. Now, let me go on to another issue related to this border wall. Do you think Feinstein, Pelosi, and others like them would be in office this long were it not for the votes of the illegal aliens in California and New York? Donald Trump has suggested a merit-based immigration program. Merit-based. That's a shock to all of those politicians living off the illegal immigrant, whether through votes or through money being kicked up in one way or another. Yes, merit-based immigration. Are you listening? I am the only talk show host of the United States of America in the major leagues who is an immigrant son. Are you listening? Go and debate that if you want. None of the others come from an immigrant family. That makes a big difference. I'm talking about direct immigrant family. My father was an immigrant to America. He came here at age seven. Do you understand what I just said to you? I am a first generation American. What does that do for me? That gives me a very special view of the entire issue of immigration because I don't hate immigrants, I speak their language. I love to watch the hardworking immigrants who I talk with. I've never seen workers like them in my life, whether they're on construction sites or in restaurants. I've never seen workers like this. But we have a problem. The problem is not the hardworking immigrant in the restaurant. The problem is that he has a wife at home with a number of children who may not be working. They're probably not, and they're receiving enormous amounts of social benefits that you can't even imagine. Legal, medical, health care benefits. That's why our health care system is broken. Our health care system is largely broken because we're caring for millions of people who are not even citizens. But as an immigrant son, I'm a compassionate man. Now, I know many of you are confused by this situation because in your heart, you're a good person. That's okay to think you're a good person, that everyone else is bad and that you're good. And many of you say, well, come on, Michael, we're a nation of immigrants. We're a nation of immigrants. Keep repeating the mantra. We're a nation of immigrants. Well, not so fast. For example, if you quote the statement on the Statue of Liberty, you know the one. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the homeless tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp besides the golden door. They are beautiful words. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. We all think, wow, well, that's America. 
We've always accepted the poor, the masses, the wretched refuse yearning to be free. Well, not so fast. There's one little problem for you good liberals. And that is this poem by Emma Lazarus, which is forever emblazoned on our Statue of Liberty. It was written before there was a welfare state. So the tired and the poor and the huddled masses who came here at that time were not coming here to sit on their fat asses and drink beer or smoke a joint. No, no, no. They worked their behinds off in factories, in coal mines, in steel mills. That's why they lived 16 people to a room. There was nothing waiting for them. Although the words were noble, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free, largely that was propaganda. And the masses of immigrants, primarily from Europe, were brought over here to break their behinds in America, working for the owners of factories, mines, production lines. That's what they came here to do, and they did so. And they did so grudgingly. And why did they do it? Did they love suffering? No, they didn't love suffering. They hated it. But they knew that it would put meat on the table, and they did it grimly for their entire lives, hoping and dreaming that their child or children would do better than they did. That was the American way. The immigrant came here hoping that their children and their children's children would do better than they did. They did not expect to go to the front of the line and push the native born out of the way. Nobody was waiting for them from NYU or Columbia or Harvard with a gold-plated immigration program where they pushed poor Americans into the gutter so the illegal immigrant could go ahead of them. That was not the system. We all love a merit-based system, except those corrupt so-called liberal politicians who live off their votes and live off their labor in one way or another. Never before in human history have we seen a mass population change of the type that is occurring in America over these last years since that drunk Ted Kennedy lied when he pushed through the Immigration Reform Act of 1965. That's when it happened. That's when America was stabbed in the heart. That drunk from Massachusetts, that drunk Kennedy got up and said when he was trying to pass this bill, and I'll quote him, this will not change the demographics of America. No American worker will be displaced, not at all, said Kennedy, the drunk, working for nefarious foreign forces. But you see, mass population changes of this level have never before occurred in human history unless a nation had first been conquered by an invading army. You think I'm making this up? Study your history. I'm going to give you a piece of it now about ancient mass population changes. You may be familiar with the Babylonian exile story in the Old Testament. Nebuchadnezzar, after he conquered Jerusalem for the Babylonians, what did he do? He marched most of the population off to the Babylonian homeland. According to the biblical account, the Jews were later allowed to return to Jerusalem and rebuild Solomon's temple. What you may not know is that mass deportations like this were fairly routine in the ancient world. It didn't just happen to the Jews. It happened to most conquered peoples. Not only would conquering emperors march the existing population out of the conquered territory, but they would march populations from a different conquered territory into the land they were thrown out of. You hear that one? There were many reasons they did this, but one is intuitive. By separating conquered peoples from their homelands, they were easier to control. Not only are people with long ties to the land they reside on more willing to defend it against enemies, they are more resistant to centralized control by a distant capital. They build up long-standing legal and cultural traditions that form the basis for local self-government. That is the argument Thomas Jefferson made in his summary view of the rights of British America. 
against taxation and legislation by the British Parliament. He didn't merely say the colonists rejected Parliament's legislation because the colonies weren't represented. I don't know if you know this. He also said they didn't want to be represented in Parliament, that in fact they could never be represented in Parliament. That's because their long-standing tradition of legislation by their own local assemblies was the basis of their liberty. Only a blind person could fail to see the parallel to what governments all over the West are doing now and what ancient conquering emperors did. Listen carefully. By importing mass populations from alien, hostile cultures and deliberately planting them throughout their countries, Western nations are fundamentally changing the existing populations, allowing to continue the populations of Europe and the United States will no longer be the same peoples who have existed there for hundreds of thousands of years. I'll pause right there. You combine that with the news that, I'm sorry to tell you, the birth rate and the fertility rate for European Americans has plummeted below the limit needed to maintain the population in every single U.S. state. You can figure out why the Jerry Browns, the Governor Cuomos, the Pelosi's, and the Feinsteins are now smiling because they finally succeeded in their wildest hopes and their wildest dream to push you and your people out of this country and replace you with others more easily manipulated. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. The main topic today is the issue of immigration and racism and that the left is throwing around white supremacists the word white supremacist a little too much for my for my taste and they're triggering more hatred of minorities than you could ever imagine and you know what i'll just say it like it is with all this talk about how wonderful these immigrants are i'm still waiting for a tchaikovsky to emerge amongst them i'm still waiting for an einstein to emerge from amongst them I'm still waiting for one invention to emerge from this mass of immigrants that we're told are so great for America and our society. And if you have something to say about all of this, you want to talk about critical race theory, what other races believe their race is superior. If you want to talk about Barry Goldwater, whoa, do I love Barry Goldwater. If you want to talk about tuberculosis, flu, cholera, and other uh, infections coming across the border, remember, I came up with solutions for some of these things. It's all tied into the takeover of America and the beating up of the people of America by the Marxist left. But I came up with solutions like a march of dollars based upon the march of dimes. The march of dollars is a brilliant idea. And I just got an email. He says, Michael, as always, a brilliant idea with about 11.7 billion actual bills currently in circulation. Worldwide, we may not have $5 billion bills. It should be close. However, we have a printing press. I'm sure the Treasury is more than willing to print more. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. No, but the idea is good. The March of Dollars is a very good idea to build that wall, right? It's time we got savage. We can't just talk anymore like a bunch of old blowhards. Stand up to these racists who are not only shaming you, but stealing your nation out from under your feet. Maybe I need to get a little more vicious in order to help this nation along. You know, I don't know how many years I'm going to do the podcast. We don't know. We don't know what God will do tomorrow. But I will tell you that we can't be passive anymore. We have to get increasingly militant and we got to get smarter. Not only do we have to have the facts, which I have spelled out in my books, say, why do you write so many books? Because it's a great legacy, whether it be Trump's war or stop mass hysteria or government zero. Any of my recent books 
will give you the facts that you need to argue with. And I don't care. I can say, oh, he's selling a book. I don't care if you say that anymore. Yes, you need the book. Yes, you need the book. Yes, you need the books. Yes, you need the facts. They're textbooks. They're textbooks. They're logical. They're reasonable. And so, therefore, you need the facts, and then you need the passion. But most importantly, you need the guts to stand up to these radical, loudmouth people. They're not ashamed or afraid of you. They're not ashamed to run all over you. They're not afraid to run all over you and tell you you're a racist, a Ku Klux Klan member, a white supremacist. Throw it back in their face and tell them that they are the racists, that they sound increasingly more and more like Marxists who are racists, racist Marxists, La Raza. You want to talk about racism? Talk about La Raza, brown supremacists. There are plenty of brown supremacists who think that they're superior to everyone on the earth and should be superior to all of us. People like Andy Cooper and others in the media like Rachel Madcow are giving them a podium without stopping them, without challenging them, because they're advancing the same agenda of these radical deviants in the media. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. I did for you something special called Notes of a Disappearing World that is more like a sermon than a radio show. And I invite you to listen to Notes of a Disappearing World right now on the Savage Podcast. We're going to talk about God today. I posted something the other day, which was, how can you have faith in a God who may not exist? It's kind of a, an attempt to get your attention. Get the hat set up right. Teddy's fine. He's right here. Teddy's right here. He will appear shortly. Took him out to see a pony named Blackjack yesterday. It's not New Year's yes, yet, but Merry Christmas. I've been off the air for a week. Plotting and planning my new uh, year of 2019. And that will be a one-hour radio show in most markets, except in cities which are so liberal that they've taken conservatives off the air and leaving on pseudo-conservatives, mock conservatives, conservatives, whatever you want to call it. I don't even consider myself a conservative, to be honest with you. I save that for the professionals who like to think of themselves as functionaries of a particular doxy. I really don't have a doxy. So you decide for yourself for 25 years what my politics are. But today I want to talk about how can you have faith in a God who may not exist? Well, first of all, that's a semi-comedic statement because without a creator, we wouldn't be here in plain English. You hear? Without a creator, we wouldn't be here. As Remember I told you the story years ago of me walking in the streets of North Beach and I ran into a hobo, not a bum. Bums are different than hobos. And he had white hair, piercing blue eyes, and we started to talk. And I gave him a ride back to a freeway ramp where I don't know where he was going. We talked for about an hour about existence. And I looked at him in, these, in his piercing blue eyes, and his name was Moses, no less. And I said, Moses, let me ask you something. Do you think God exists? And he said, where did I come from? That was the end of that story. Now, so the point is, you may think that you were born of yourself, that you're the egg and the chicken. But are you? Are you the egg and the chicken? So you say, well, okay, well, I don't have to believe in God to believe that there's a creator or it's an accident. Well, if you want to believe you came from a slime mold, be my guest. Because if you look around America, most people look like they've crawled out of a slime mold. 
Now, I want to talk about a number of things today in no particular order. Now, remember, on the 7th of January, which is a week from this Monday, my first podcast will be delivered to the world. And it's going to be something no one's ever done before. It's not going to be simply a machine gun style child's voice uh, sounding like Mickey Mouse on Laughing Gas, who's just had a hysterectomy, firing off the news as fast as he possibly can in order to make sure you don't understand he doesn't understand anything about broadcasting. It's going to be Michael. And I'm going to talk about politics on my radio show and then on the podcast. You're going to see something you've never seen before, and I don't want to give it away. But I've been spending the whole week thinking about it. But this morning I woke up with a a dream that got me out of bed about 4.35. I wanted to stay in bed. It's very cold out here in San Francisco. And it's one of those mornings where there was no reason to get out of bed. I thought if I didn't get up and write down the thought, which I've been doing since I'm 15 years old, it would be forgotten. So let me get you the thought, which is right here. See? Here it is. Now what does it say? It says simply, scenes from an extinct world. That's all that kept coming to my mind, scenes from an extinct world. Now being a stream of consciousness broadcaster, I'll tell you where that came from. Where did it come from? Do you know where it came from? Uh, I don't know where it came from. How does our subconscious speak to us? Does your subconscious speak to you? Do you permit your subconscious to reach you? Or do you have a, a barrier, a cement barrier, between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind? Because whether you know it or not, you have a subconscious mind. So therefore, for years, since I'm a young man, 15, 16, I've taught myself, learning at the... Um, learning the wisdom from those who know this, how to open up the subconscious to the conscious without getting so overwhelmed and flooded with the subconscious that you drown in your subconscious and that you can't function in the conscious world. Now, maybe you block it with alcohol or with drugs, or maybe you've learned how to deal with the two minds, which is one mind. It's that simple. It's like the, it's like a sphere. Is the moon flat? No, the moon is a sphere. So your brain is a sphere. It's conscious, subconscious. Turn it sideways. So look at the sphere. The sphere spoke to me and said, scenes from an extinct world. Now there goes the phone. I'm not going to answer. I'll let it just ring off the hook. Now this is going to ring. <laughs> I didn't tell. I never get phone calls. I, I live in my own little world with Teddy. So let me finish my sermon for you, if you don't mind. So I taught myself to listen to the subconscious, scenes from an extinct world. And what came to my mind was this world that we have today, that we are living in. It is becoming extinct. It cannot exist. There's too much consumption. Too much consumption. There are too many affluent people consuming too much of the animals. Do I have to make it any more clear to you? You want me to make it political? When you flood a world like ours with diseased, illiterate, non-English-speaking masses, your world is becoming extinct. Call it what you want. Pelosi is a criminal. Schumer is a criminal. Any sane nation would lock them up for destroying the nation that gave them their fortunes. I am an immigrant son. 
My grandfather didn't flood over this border and suck this nation dry. It is a biological war against this nation. How many diseased immigrants are coming into this country? What do you want me to say to you? They're all wonderful. They all come here to work. Little Maria loves America. Scenes from an extinct world. Your world is dying right in front of your eyes. And you know why? Because you're too damn kind. Kindness doesn't survive in this world. Kindness is killed off. Kindness is destroyed in this world. It always has been and always will be. Read Darwin, Survival of the Fittest. Does that mean you have to be a monster, a bastard? No, it doesn't mean that. But never forget, never forget the first rule of life. To thine own self be true, and if you're not for yourself, who will be? If you're only for yourself, who are you? Great Jewish teaching from the 11th century by a great teacher, Maimonides. If I am not for myself, who will be? If I'm only for myself, who am I? That's the same thing for a nation. <clears throat> nation must come first. When you have enemies within like Pelosi and Schumer and the entire Democrat Socialist Party of American-hating vermin, and then you have us, and we see our world becoming extinct, not only are they sucking our welfare system dry, not only are the prisons filled with illegal aliens who have committed felony after felony after felony, 28% of all prisoners are illegal aliens who came here and committed one crime after another and then got caught. There is not a nation on earth that has ever survived this. Therefore, this nation will not survive this. This nation will not survive it. It cannot. Scenes from an extinct world. Yesterday, I went to an outdoor market, a farmer's market. It was lovely. It was pony rides. I introduced Teddy to a little beautiful Shetland pony. It was fun. Then I went over to a seafood truck that has the most beautiful seafood I've ever seen. Large prawns. Beautiful. I don't know where they came from. Costa Rica. I don't know where. Unfrozen. And shrimp. Big shrimp. And fish. Bountiful <clears throat> seafood. And I said, that's beautiful. Should I buy some and make a paella tonight? It was too early in the day for me to take it home and whatever. I didn't buy it, but I thought about it. This too shall pass. Where's all the seafood coming from? There's no end to it? You think God makes unlimited amounts of animals for man to devour? Because I want seafood tonight. I'll have seafood. You got a billion Chinese, all of a sudden there's affluence in China. Every one of them drives a car. Everyone has a car. Everyone has seafood. Everyone needs to kill an elephant so they can put a stupid piece of ivory on their wall and be a schmuck, a Chinese schmuck in China with a piece of ivory on the wall. That's what they want. So kill the elephants. Let the poachers kill the elephants. And you worry about plastic straws in San Francisco, you assholes, you. You sickos. Shrimp, tusks, fish. Deer, with a deer in the antelope play. So what's my message to you? I have no message to you. I'm not going to give you a message. I'm not giving you a conclusion. You've come to church today, in a way, because you don't go to church anymore. Why don't you go to church anymore? Why? What do you hear in those houses of worship? Drivel, garbage. Even if you have a firebrand preacher, he's afraid to say it, for fear he'll be fired. 
So he talks about nonsense. Most of the, quote, churches in the Bay Area and New York and big cities don't even mention the word God. They're ashamed of it. So let's say there's no God. Oh, there's no God? Okay, what is there, just a prawn? The prawn created mankind so he could devour it inside the belly of the beast? Yeah, I'll get it. You don't go to church anymore. You don't go to synagogue. Mumbo jumbo, baruch hatod, denoy eloheinu melech alom, hashe kedishon abamitzvosav, leheidlach. Do you know what that means? Jews don't know what it means. Put Chuck Schumer in a, in a Jewish temple, see if he knows one word of Hebrew. See if he would laugh at you if you said you believe in God. He won't build that wall. He ought to study his own ancestry. Schumer ought to. And the walls came tumbling down, Jericho. The walls came tumbling down. So he's the heathen who wants the walls to come tumbling down before they're even built, because he doesn't want a nation. He wants a mass of ignoramuses who don't even speak English so he can continue to bamboozle the population like Pelosi, who's on vacation in a $10,000 a night suite while telling us she loves to wash the feet of the unwashed masses. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Scenes from an extinct world. You're living through the scenes of the extinct world. You are living in an extinct world. The world you see is dying right in front of your eyes. See all those people that don't speak English? Your city? See them? That's the America that will be. The hellhole they ran from is the hellhole they're creating. They didn't come here to live in this country. They came here to take the freebies and to turn this hellhole, this world, into the hellhole they ran from. You ever see them wave their flags at a sporting event? Who ever heard of a thing like this? Have you ever, would you believe you live in a time that the American flag would be seen as something evil? How did so many mentally sick left-wing sh- shites get so much power? How did so many left-wing mentally deranged shites get so much power that they have you believing that the flag is an ugly symbol? Why are these criminals walking the streets? Why are they allowed to flood over my border with diseases? Why are they allowed to put their children in schools and ruin the schools? True or false? You can't answer the question? Go consult the daily newspaper. When I moved to California, these had the best, the state had the best schools in the country for a poor man like me. And I knew that my children could go through any level of school here, all the way through graduate school, at low cost, and it was the best education in the country. Now let's look at what's happened with open borders. And English is a second language to make sure that they can learn how to capitalize on our welfare system and get things for free. What's happened? It's now the lowest education in the country, California. The illegals are destroying our schools. They're destroying our hospitals. They're destroying our police. Do I have to tell you about Mr. Singh who was killed the other day by a gangbanger? Did you celebrate that? You left this vermin, you? Singh was a Fijian of Indian descent. Came here, wanted to be a cop, did everything he could. Did it the hard way, studied English, became a cop, stopped an illegal alien, drug dealer, for a traffic stop and killed him. Another Kate Steinle, but don't tell that to Pelosi, she's partying in Hawaii. Don't tell that to Schumer, where is he, in Tel Aviv? Looking at the uh, wall, the ancient wall of Israel? 
They have blood on their hands. And Feinstein, look what she did to Kavanaugh didn't go to jail, that lying witch. And what about the woman who falsely accused Kavanaugh? Why is she not in prison? Where are the where are the laws about just accusing someone? This is out of the Soviet Union. It's what they did in Nazi Germany. They accused someone of being anti-Hitler. The next thing you knew, there was no trial. They were found guilty and killed. That's what Feinstein just did. These are Soviet garbage. Filth! And I will not go down without a fight. I'm telling you right now. I will not go down without a fight. I'm fighting right now with this sermon for you today. Do you have any idea what is happening? Here's what's happening. Scenes from an extinct world. Your world is becoming extinct. The world that you grew up in, that has given you all of this wealth and freedom, whether you're poor or rich, you're wealthy compared to the rest of the world. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You're, you're wealthy. And this, this, this part of history is becoming extinct right in front of your eyes, like an animal, like a saber-toothed tiger that will no longer exist. Why? Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown, the great Jesuit. Jerry Brown destroyed California single-handedly. That power-mad skunk, that power-mad maniac, linked up with the SEIU, Service Employees International Union, i.e. communist bastards, Granted them all driver's licenses, the Department of Motor Vehicles, which 20 years ago I said DMV, Department of Mexican Voting. You thought I was racist? No, I was a realist. I was a realist. DMV, Department of Mexican Voting. Okay, come over the border, get a license, and do whatever you want. So the fact of the matter is I didn't want to get political today, but just look how I went from how can you believe in a God who may not exist to politics because I'm crying out to God in a strange way I'm appealing to God I'm begging God to step down and do something to strike smite them I want God to smite these evil bastards you know who they are these bastards who I've just mentioned do you know who they are they're the Indian chiefs who sold out the Indians for wampum and for whiskey let me say that again The Native Americans, the proud Native Americans, were sold out by their own chiefs who traded their people's freedom for guns, whiskey, and wampum. They gave away Manhattan. That's Pelosi, Feinstein, Brown, you name them, Schumer. The whole pack of illegitimate, the bastards who are grinding this nation down. Where is God? Where's God? Tell me where God is. Does God want to save America? I don't know. I'm not God. He hasn't told me. Is God going to save America? No, you're going to save America. How? How? What's your battle? Tell me what battle is. What is your battle today, this Sunday? I don't know. It's your problem, not mine. Now, I don't want to bring up the president right now and get into that. That's a whole separate story. Today's sermon was my attempt to do a digital sermon. I thought of creating a house of worship for Sundays for years now. For years I thought of it. And I realized, what what do I need to create a house of worship? Here we are. Here's our digital house of worship. Sunday. Traditionally Sunday. Could be any day. 
But I may do this every Sunday for a while. How do we fight the mentally disordered anti-American vermin? What do we do? What do we do? Sit here and moan about it? Go on talk radio? Why do you think I'm leaving talk radio? You think it's partly not because I want to? Because I have to. Because there is no talk radio. Talk radio died a long time ago. You think that you're hearing the truth? You're hearing semblances of the truth. You're hearing little tiny shadows of the truth. God, faith, and reason. God, faith, and reason. So, am I a guru? No, I'm not a guru. Am I a preacher? I'm not a preacher. As I wrote in God, faith, and reason, opening pages, opening pages of God, faith, and reason. I know the illiterate leftists don't read ape and go berserk if you wear a MAGA hat. Here's the opening line. Something that Vice President Pence had me sign in the book I gave him to put into the presidential library. I wrote, I never saw God, nor do I pretend to have any special insights. What you will see in this book are snapshots of God, not a complete film. What you will see is one man's glimpses of God, images along the road of life. I do not represent myself as a theologian or a guru. There are no cheap thrills here for the spiritually bankrupt masses. It is my scrapbook of the highest power through dreams, memories, and stories, much like the ancient texts. This book may live longer than all of my other books because it has a universal truth. The reason it didn't become a mon it sold a lot of books, but never became a mega bestseller. Why? Well, who runs the media? Why was this book never seen on Fox News? Uh, hello? Fox News of all places? Anyway, my friends, remember the name of this sermon. It's the first one I'm going to do for 2019. Scenes from an Extinct World. I want you to go out today, and I want you to look around, and everything you see is becoming extinct in front of your eyes. You want to have faith that there's going to be a perennial future of large prawns for you to devour, clean air for you to breathe, clean water for you to drink? Go ahead. Be a child, believe in Santa Claus. Did you hear what I just said? Now, why is this happening? Because we're weak. We are weak. <clears throat> We've been hollowed out. It started in the 1960s <clears throat> with marijuana and the hippie generation telling us not to be egotistical. Drop your ego, man. Now, who was telling you to drop your ego? It was the people whose ego was trying to override your ego by telling you to drop your ego so they could screw your girlfriend and steal your marijuana. See what I just said to you? That's what it started. Then you had the women who would say to any man who stood up for any reason, you're not being a gentleman. I remember it was said to me all the time. Uh, whatever I did, the teachers would say, or the women would say to me, you're not being a gentleman. I didn't want to be a gentleman. Well, what's a gentleman? What is a gentleman? What does that mean? Someone can be e e easily molded by Nancy Pelosi into th believing her hogwash? That's a gentleman who lets barbarians into their city and then doesn't say a word? Their cars are broken into at night. Their girlfriends are beaten up in the street. There's, there's human shit next to their house on their doorstep, and they don't say anything. Why? 
they're a gentleman. Be a gentleman and disappear because you're part of the extinct world, gentlemen. You, the gentlemen of the world, are part of the extinction. And that's my sermon for this day on The Savage Nation. Thank you for listening to The Savage Podcast. Be strong. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening.